Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, you're listening to Going for Goal, the weekly women's health podcast. My name is Roisin Devshire-Kane. I'm senior editor on women's health, and this is your weekly chance to plug in and be inspired to work on your health and wellness. I hope you're all doing okay out there. Talk about an intense week. And it's amid this backdrop of real uncertainty that we'll be talking about something that hopefully we can all count on. That is getting older. Yes, it's Fit at Any Age Month on Women's Health, where we're celebrating women's evolving health, fitness and wellness needs and arming you with the tools you need to feel, perform and look your best at every age and stage. In this week's show, we're looking at how all women can manage their perimenopausal and menopausal years. Now, if you're listening and thinking, that's ages away, if you're in your 30s or approaching them, it really might not be. So perimenopause, where levels of certain hormones drop and your periods become inconsistent and you can experience a ton of undesirable symptoms like fatigue, low mood, forgetfulness. So this tends to start when women are in their early 40s. And in the case of Women's Health Editor-in-Chief Claire Sanderson, they actually appeared when she was still in her 30s. In today's episode, she chats to GP and leading menopause specialist Dr. Louise Newson about this disorienting journey into the perimenopause and the key lessons she wants all women on or approaching that journey to know. Here, they discuss how to spot the signs that you've entered a menopausal or a perimenopausal phase and offer advice on what actions you can take to get back on your game at what is professionally and personally often such a key time in a woman's life. Expect plenty of myth-busting and to come away feeling actually informed about a topic that's not been talked about enough for far too long. Hello everyone, my name is Claire Sanderson and I am the Editor-in-Chief of Women's Health. You're listening to our weekly podcast, Going for Goal, and it is Women's Health Fit at Any Age Month, where we are celebrating healthy women regardless of their age throughout the decades. And my guest today is one of the leading doctors in her chosen field, which is menopause, and she is Dr. Louise Newson. Hi Louise, thank you so much for joining me. Hi Claire, thanks for inviting me today. 
So Louise, we're going to talk all things menopause today, but we're actually going to cover off perimenopause as well, which Mm -hmm. is a phrase that until I started experiencing symptoms myself at the age of 39, I'd never heard of. And it is being talked about more and more. And there are many high profile women who are proudly owning their perimenopause and menopause, but it's still a subject that's shrouded in a little bit of embarrassment for some women. So if you can tell me a bit about what you do and how you got into specialising for menopause and how you help women on a daily basis. Yeah, absolutely. So I think even looking at the word menopause causes a lot of confusion and like you say, sometimes embarrassment. And it shouldn't be embarrassing because we all go through it as women. So all women globally will be affected by the menopause. And you can argue that all men indirectly will be affected because they all know women. Um, But it's a long-term hormone deficiency. So it's not just about symptoms, although symptoms are obviously very important because they usually have a very negative effect on women's lives. But um, the menopause can't be diagnosed until a woman doesn't have a period for a year, which is quite a long time when your periods can be irregular. Um, Sometimes the menopause occurs because women have their ovaries removed and obviously then won't have their hormones associated with those ovaries. And often it's a natural decline in our hormone levels. But what happens before, like you quite rightly say, is this perimenopause. And peri is just a medical term for around the time of. So it's around the time of the menopause. Our hormones don't just stop overnight unless we have our ovaries removed. But they gradually decline, but they sometimes decline and then sometimes increase. And they're a bit chaotic. And they can be chaotic with a gradual decline over a decade for some women's lives. So the average age of the menopause is 51, as you know, in the UK, whereas the average age of the perimenopause can be in the early 40s. So a lot of women are still having periods, but their periods may change either in nature or frequency. And then they get menopausal symptoms. But as you know, the hormones, estrogen and also testosterone in women are very important for every cell function. So it's not just about hot flushes and sweats. A lot of women find they really miss those hormones in their brains. So they experience symptoms such as low mood, anxiety, memory problems, uh, brain fog, fatigue, just general apathy, generally not enjoying life like they used to but because they're still getting periods they think well I can't be my menopause clearly it's not because they're still having periods they might not have heard of the perimenopause or they might think well the menopause is about hot flushes and that's not me but because hormone levels are declining they're causing symptoms and also for me as a physician I'm very interested in disease prevention none of us like going to the doctors none of us want to become ill so actually We need hormones to improve our health and evolutionary, if you like. We're designed to reproduce and um, expire. So in the Victorian times, we used to die quite soon after our menopause, whereas now, thankfully, often women live for decades after their menopause, but they have low hormones. So these hormones are really important for our health. And without them, there's an increased risk of disease such as heart disease, type 2 diabetes, dementia, osteoporosis. So it's really important, even in the perimenopause, when our hormones start to reduce, we're thinking of hormones being reduced, equaling an increased risk of diseases. So it's a real wake-up call that we need to think about it because we're living longer and we all want to be healthy for as long as possible. We don't just want to exist, we want to live and enjoy our lives. Um, 
So to answer one of your questions really, I'm a GP, but I've also done a lot of hospital medicine. So I'm quite unusual as a menopause specialist in that I'm not a gynaecologist. Um, traditionally, gynaecologists have looked after women who are menopausal because they've looked after period problems. But it's not a period problem, actually. It's the best thing about the menopause is not having periods. Um, but for me as a physician, I'm worried as I've already said about the long-term health risks of low hormones. Um, and it's also the effect that it has on women. So I've always helped and managed women during their peri perimenopause and menopause as a GP. Um, and then we had some guidelines that came out in 2015, which were um, produced by NICE, the National Institute of Health and Care Excellence. So they're government-endorsed guidelines. And they really show that for the majority of women, the benefits of HRT outweigh the risks. And so I thought this is great because actually this is confirming everything that I've read before, everything that I know about HRT, yet the minority of women, as you know, Claire, are given HRT. So I wanted to do more work. I, I got some qualifications, became a menopause specialist, but I couldn't find a job in the NHS because there isn't much provision for menopause, despite it affecting all women. So I set up a private clinic really to help some of my friends who were telling me that they've been given antidepressants, which is not a treatment for the menopause. So I set up a clinic one day a week and then I decided to launch a website because I was really shocked by how little information there was out there for women. Um, and so I developed this website, menopausedoctor.co.uk. My clinic quickly exploded, but I was hearing stories and I still do every day from women who have been neglected. They've, they've been told they can't have HRT for the wrong reasons. They have given up their jobs because they can't concentrate. They can't remember things. They're very tired. They're very anxious. Their health is risk. A lot of them have developed osteoporosis or um, heart disease because they haven't had hormones for a long time. Some of them have given up their partners because their relationships have changed. Their personalities have changed yet they're not given help. And HRT is, is cheap, it's cost-effective, it has long-term health benefits. So a lot of the work I do, in addition to my clinic, is about campaigning, really, and letting women have a voice. And um, as you know, we've recently developed a free app called Balance, which um, is about giving women evidence-based information globally, really. So it's a, it's a massive problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's much needed. I'm 42 now. I'm very perimenopausal, but my, you know my mm. my symptoms are deteriorating, which is something that I need to talk to you about. Side of this, but when I first started experiencing these symptoms, I was 39. The editor of Women's Health, so mm. you'd think that I would be informed mm. about such things, and I'd never heard the phrase. And it was only going out for dinner with a girlfriend of mine who's a doctor. And she said, you do realise that you're describing perimenopausal symptoms. But I was 39. I thought it was years off, absolutely years off. And also my reproductive health up until that point in terms of frequency of periods, ease of getting pregnant. I, I'm not sure if that is relevant at all to how tough mm. or easy your menopause is. But I sort of thought, oh, I'm going to sail through it because I've been so healthy in that area of my health. But that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, and it really varies. So um, you don't know what your experience is going to be like until you're in it. Um, mm. and, and just because your mother had an easy time doesn't mean that 
you don't have it, you know. Um, and, it, and it is hard because these symptoms, especially when you're perimenopausal, come on very gradually. And, and I'm sure some of you might have heard, but when I was writing my website, I was working very long hours. And as you know, I've got three children, life's busy, and I was cramming in this work. Um, and I was feeling incredibly tired, incredibly irritable, and I kept forgetting things. And even at work, I kept thinking, I can't remember the dose of antibiotics that I prescribed for the last 20 years. And I kept looking at my examination couch thinking, I just need to have a dose. I'm really, really tired. I was getting back to back migraines. And I just thought it was because I was working too hard. Um, and it wasn't until one of my teenage children told me off for shouting at her. She thought maybe it'd be a good idea for me to have a period because she said some of her friends get very cross before their periods. And she said, you're behaving the same. I think, is your period due? And I suddenly thought, my goodness, I haven't had a period for about three or four months. I must be perimenopausal. So this is me as a menopause specialist writing a menopause website, lecturing to healthcare professionals about how we have to pick up other signs of the menopause and other symptoms. I hadn't recognised myself. And as soon as she said that, oh my goodness, how obvious. And so then I could think about HRT and my life obviously improved, my symptoms improved. So I'm not surprised that you as an editor of a key magazine didn't recognise because we don't talk about it. You know, at school, we talk about sexually transmitted diseases, talk about contraception, talk about drug abuse. You know, not all our children are hopefully going to take drugs, but all our female children, if they live long enough, will go through the menopause and the perimenopause. So it's having this conversation really early. So we can also not just pick it up on our own, but we can pick it up with our friends and our our relatives. Um, and not think of it as a as a terrible thing that's happening to us. Actually, if we get it right, the menopause can be a fantastic time to optimise your health because it's an opportunity to think about our bones, our heart, our brain, our exercise, our nutrition, our hormones. We can balance it all if we've got the right information. So let's talk about HRT. You touched upon the reluctance amongst the majority of British women to take HRT. I read a stat, it's alarmingly low, something like 10%. Mm. There, there may be more recent research, but that's what I learned when, when you and I were part mm. of the Government's Women's Health Task Force, which is where we first met. Um, actually, a very senior doctor I met there said that she feels the misinformation around HRT is one of the biggest injustices for women's health issues of our generation. And it's linked to, I believe, a flawed study um, which said that they increased the prevalence of breast cancer. Now, uh, there's a lot of breast cancer in my family, including my mother who had in, my, in her 40s. And when I went to the doctor and house for HRT, I was was asked you know, are you aware of the risks? And this was a GP saying it to me. And I know that you've heard that from so many of your patients. So can you can you take me through the concerns that you hear about HRT? Absolutely. And and you're you're so right that it is the biggest travesty to women's health, this misinformation. And it's misinformation to the media, to women, to the public, but also to healthcare professionals, which is really sad. So um, just before I start talking about this, I am not paid by any HRT company. I don't have a vested interest. And I think it's really important that listeners know that. Um, so HRT is only three letters, hormone replacement therapy. And there are different doses, there are different types, there are different formulations. The most important hormone for women is oestrogen. Is and oestrogen declines when we go through the menopause because it's produced by our ovaries. Oestrogen um, has a big function on many cells, in fact, all of our cells throughout our body. 
And when we replace it the right dose, the symptoms of estrogen deficiency improve, but also our long-term health improves. So you'll be thinking, well, why isn't everyone taking HRT? Well, a lot of people did. And certainly in the um, 80s and 90s, so I qualified in the 90s, we used to give HRT all the time. It was, it was just given out because we knew women felt better, but there were health benefits from taking it. And then um, in 2002, a big study came out called the Women's Health Initiative. And this was a massive multi-million dollar study funded by a pharmaceutical company in America. And they were trying to look at the long-term sort of health benefits of taking HRT. But they chose a really unusual population of women. They chose women who were in their 60s, who had, had finished most of their symptoms of the menopause, but a lot of these women were obese and had heart disease, so they had other health risks. They gave them a type of HRT we don't prescribe now, so a tablet type of estrogen, and also a synthetic type of progestogen. And these have different risks to the estrogen we now give through the skin and the natural progesterone. So they gave these. And then the, it was a massive study. The results were glanced at, if you like, and then they were given to the media without them being analysed properly. And so as soon as the media had them, they said, goodness, it causes more risk of breast cancer, more risk of heart disease. That's it. Everyone come off HRT. It's astounding. And actually, what they didn't do is look at the data properly, and they since have, and you can imagine there's lots of people looked at this data, and they've shown some really important things. So firstly, they've shown that women who only take oestrogen, so women who've had a hysterectomy, their womb removed, only take oestrogen as part of their HRT, they've followed these women up now for 18 years, because it was 18 years ago the study was done, and shown that these women have a 25% reduction in breast cancer risk and also reduction in breast cancer death from taking oestrogen. Now, that's quite a lot to take on board, isn't it? Because everyone thinks oestrogen causes cancer because you talk about an oestrogen receptor positive cancer. But actually, oestrogen is beneficial and it used to be a treatment for breast cancer, in fact. So we've got really good study that show that women who take oestrogen, you follow them up and they reduce their risk of of, of getting breast cancer with taking oestrogen-only HRT, which most people don't realise it didn't come even to the media when it came out. So then the synthetic progestogens that I said some of them take, the, the studies show there might be a small increased risk in some women who take um, this synthetic progestogen. And when you look at the risk, it looks horrendous when you read about it in the media. But actually, if you compare the risks, so there are other reasons why women get breast cancer. Like you say, if there's a family history, you might have an increased risk. But also other factors such as drinking alcohol, being overweight, not exercising. These increase a woman's risk of breast cancer. And this big study that has been the nail in the coffin for HRT showed that the risk even with the worst type, if you like, of HRT in the, in the highest risk of women, the risk is less than the risk a woman has if she drinks a couple of glasses of wine a night. So we don't have warnings on wine bottles telling us about risk of breast cancer because the risk is small. And if you increase a small risk, you've still got a small risk. So if your risk was low and I doubled that low risk, double sounds really high, doesn't it? But if it's low, it's going to still be a low risk. And this is what we need to think about. 
And then there's been studies that have been done using these other types of HRT to show actually the risk is probably not even there anyway, because the study wasn't set up to look at breast cancer risk. It was looking at other benefits of HRT. So we've had a lot of um, other studies showing that women taking HRT have a lower risk of death from all causes, including from cancer, if they take HRT for 18 years. They have a lower risk of dementia, a lower risk of osteoporosis, lower risk of heart disease. Um, So it's just sad, actually, that women have been given wrong information, but also healthcare professionals have been fed wrong information, actually from the government as well, which is something that is is really sad because doctors want to do the best for their patient. All healthcare professionals do. And we want to work based on the evidence. And I have time and dedication to read the journals and the articles properly. But healthcare professionals will just read the take-home message because they're busy, understandably. So we have um, some other information that's come out from the MHRA, which is the advisory body, if you like, from the government who have recently said, oh, HRT causes breast cancer. We have to be really careful. And they've gone on old data, not on new data, and they haven't looked at the benefits. And there's never, ever been a study that shows that women who take HRT have a higher risk of death from breast cancer. And that's really important. So it might be for some women who've already maybe got a small breast cancer, it might change the speed of the growth of it. It might, but it doesn't cause the breast cancer to be worse or they're more likely to die from breast cancer. And women are more, there's more to women and women's health than breast cancer. So we need to look at the bigger picture and we need to share some of this uncertainty with women. You know, I couldn't function without HRT. I would be at home staring at the four walls. I would not be a director of a company trying to help other women because my brain didn't work. So even if the type of HRT I take does give me a small increased risk of breast cancer, which I might get breast cancer anyway because I'm a woman, but actually I'm prepared to take that risk because I know there are other benefits from taking HRT for my day-to-day functioning, but also I'm not as likely to get heart disease and osteoporosis. And I'm more worried about osteoporosis than I am about breast cancer. But it's my individual choice. So I'm not coming on to here to say everyone has to take HRT, but I am saying that everyone has to know the facts, which is sadly not happening at the moment. So the work that you're doing to educate women on a bigger scale is so important. And then women can think, actually, let me rethink what HRT means. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So for women who are not fortunate enough to be able to come to your clinic, although they, they could um, look at your Instagram, which is, um, which mm. is full of... Full of packed with detail on your website but but for women who have to just go to their GP and they come up a bit of a resistance what should they say and what type of HRT should they be asking for so it's it's really hard isn't it I really feel for women and I feel for anyone who isn't getting the help that they deserve because um, it can be quite hard. I feel quite nervous going to see a GP. I keep thinking oh, I'm going to waste their time. And certainly the menopause, when it's not a disease, a lot of women feel quite nervous, understandably. But actually, we've got guidance and doctors need to work about work towards that guidance. And um, I'm certainly a lot of doctors are fantastic with the menopause. But those that haven't had the information, we need to try and educate them in different ways. And I have developed a menopause education programme with a company called 14 Fish, which is now available remotely for healthcare professionals. So that's going to help a bit. But women need to be empowered with the information. So like you say, there's a lot of free information on my website. There's also um, an ability that you can record your symptoms. So if you put in questionnaire in the search function on my website, um, menopausedoctor.co.uk, you will be able to download a symptom tracker, which is really important. And also if you put in um, easy um, as a search function, it will come up with an easy HRT prescribing guide that I have written for healthcare professionals. But a lot of women have found that very useful to download and and give to their healthcare professional. And it might be a practice nurse rather than um, a GP, but that will give them um, a guide to the type of HRT that has got the best um, evidence behind using it and the best safety profile. Um, If a person still isn't getting the right help, um, then they should try and see another doctor or another nurse. And if they still can't get help, then they should really challenge that doctor and say, look, I've read the NICE guidance. And again, the NICE guidance is available on my website. Um, I have some information and actually I really want to take HRT and can you tell me why you're not giving it to me? Um, You know, if someone had an underactive thyroid gland, they wouldn't be done an eye to thyroxine. And it has to be looked at in the same way because of the health risks that's available, that um, are, are given to, or the health risks for women when they are denied HRT. Um, you know, we see a lot of women who are very young in my clinic who have um, had their ovaries removed maybe in their 30s. They've been denied HRT for sometimes 10 years and then they've already got some thinning of their bones. So it's really important if you're listening and you think it's me or my friend or my relative hasn't had HRT and they need it, then they do their homework, if you like, because that will help direct the consultation and and just stick to your guns. It's really important. And what natural things can women do to to help them navigate the perimenopause and the menopause? Yeah, you know, that's very interesting, Claire, that word natural, because actually it's very natural to have hormones. So a lot of people, um, certainly when I first opened my clinic, they would come to me and say, I don't want HRT, I want something natural. And then when you talk to them about how unnatural it is to not have hormones, they change. And my my clinic um, has changed because I have given a huge amount of free information on my website. And 
women now are a lot more empowered. They have a lot more knowledge. And so they they realise that actually HRT is a missing part. But it's not just about HRT. It's very important to look at other ways to improve your bone, your brain, your heart health. And some women choose not to take HRT. Um, Some women can't have it in the first instance, and that's usually women that have had an estrogen receptor positive cancer. Although some of these women will still um, choose to take HRT for the other benefits it's afforded, but they need to see a menopause specialist. But all women, regardless of whether they take HRT or not, should um, be looking at ways to improve their brain, their bone, their heart health. So they should look at exercise, especially weight-bearing exercise to improve their bone density. They should look at their diet, make sure they have plenty of calcium for their bones, look at um, healthy, non-processed diet, reduce sugar, um, reduce processed food. And they should be looking at their alcohol smoking, if, if that's pertinent to them. There are a lot of supplements that are labelled for menopause that people can buy. And to be honest, My sort of rule of thumb is if anything is labelled that it's for the menopausal woman, you should avoid it because it will have a price tag associated with it. And there are a lot of women desperate for help who will spend a lot of money on these products because they're desperate to feel better. And I always think it's look at what you're taking and why you're taking it. So are you taking a treatment to help your hot flushes? And it might. There's some things like sage might help your hot flushes. But is that going to help your bone density? Is it going to help reduce your risk of heart disease and dementia? So it's looking at what you're taking. We should all be taking vitamin D. uh, That's government guidelines to help with our bone density. Some women choose to take supplements such as magnesium or a fish oil or a probiotic. But you just need to think about what you're taking and why you're taking it really. Are there any lifestyle changes you can adapt in your 30s that will ultimately help you through the perimenopause and the menopause when it's your time? No, (laughs) in a single quarter, (laughs) because we're all different. So everyone's perimenopause and menopause journey, if you like, is different. It's very individual. And that's why every woman deserves to have individualised help and advice. But it changes. So some people find that initially they might be getting night sweats and that can be really affecting them. And then then they might get flushes, but then they might improve. But then they might find they get overwhelming anxiety or they might get very low thoughts or they might get muscle and joint pains or they might get urinary symptoms. So symptoms can change and evolve. Um, I think it's a bit like before someone's pregnant, you're much better off being really healthy before you get pregnant because once you're pregnant, you're a few weeks pregnant when you find out and it's a bit late then to suddenly change your lifestyle. And I think it's a bit like this with the perimenopause and menopause. If we can be really healthy when we go into it, it's then a lot easier. Because I know when I had symptoms, I just couldn't be bothered to cook. My yoga practice was hard because my joints were stiff and sore. I had no energy. I could not be bothered to do anything. So actually then to make changes to my lifestyle would be really hard but I wanted to keep my original lifestyle. So I had more motivation. And certainly once my hormones were balanced with taking HRT, it was a lot easier to go back to yoga and eating healthily and not drinking alcohol or not smoking. Um, so, but if you're coming from a place where you've, you're, been a, you're overweight and you haven't got the best lifestyle, you add in the menopause or the perimenopause to that mix, it's, it really floors women. And then they feel failures because they can't improve. 
So there's nothing worse than trying to tell a menopausal woman that they have to get up early and go for a brisk walk before breakfast and to eat the most healthiest homemade granola because they're going to not do it because they'll feel awful. Not all of them, but a lot of them will. And it won't help their symptoms. You can't replace oestrogen naturally. People will talk about taking having flax seeds or some phytoestrogens. You'll increase a little bit, but not enough to really help and not enough to reduce future disease as well. So everything you describe there will impact a woman's mental health as well. So you have the... Mm the physical effect on the mental health which for my symptoms of perimenopause is fluctuating mood but I have a history of depression so I know I'm more prone to that and breast pain but it's my mental health that I'm more concerned about and I've read a lot of women talking about how their relationships have collapsed or on the verge of collapse because they haven't been able to communicate with their partners exactly why they're feeling so low why they've lost the libido also women have taken a step back from their careers because they've lost their their motivation to to thrive in work because the brain fog has got too much. So how do you support women in your clinic with the the mental side effects of menopause and perimenopause? It's it's really hard. And actually, one of the big things that we do is listen to women and actually um, help them to understand that what what they've been experiencing isn't their fault. making them understand also that hormones are really important in our brains and I didn't realize quite how important they were until I've seen the volume of women that I have because I know it's related because they feel better when you replace their hormones correctly but a lot of women find that all these symptoms that you're saying this low mood the loss of interest in things relationship problems problems at work they blame themselves. And actually just to know that it can be related to their hormones is a huge step in the right direction. And then often balancing hormones can make a huge difference because you're treating the underlying cause. And then we work with um, other practitioners. So, you know, psychologists, some people find CBT can be very helpful. Um, Some people find that, like you say, changing their diet. We have a great nutritionist, Emma Ellis Flint, who works with us, who looks very closely at improving gut health because we know if your gut health is good, it improves your serotonin, it helps you feel better. And we look at sleep as well because so many women don't sleep well during the perimenopause and menopause and that can improve with hormones but also it's looking at the um, any ways of improving sleep hygiene is really important. So the most important thing for me as a doctor is looking at the whole person. It's not just about you've got a hormone deficiency, let's give you hormones. It's it's looking at the type of exercise. You know, a lot of people are doing very high impact exercise, which is increasing their cortisol, making them more stressed. So I, I know I'm a great advocate of yoga, but it helps me calm my brain and help makes me strong physically, but mentally as well. But it's not for everyone, but it's finding out what's works for each person and then building on their strengths because you know at the moment there's so much going on in everyone's brains even more now with covid you feel like you're just going to explode sometimes and adding hormones to the mix is just so hard for so many women and the most important thing is women should not feel alone in their journey they don't 
all have to talk to a healthcare professional at every stage of this journey, but they need somebody or group of bodies to talk to. And we're actually in the process of setting up a charity called the Menopause Charity. And one of the first things we'll do when we have some money is set up a helpline so women can be given the right advice and be guided in the right direction. Because there's so many women out there that are are lost and it really, really saddens me. Well, they don't call the 40s the battleground years for nothing, do they? Because, you know, we've got these fluctuating hormones. Many of us will have young children. And then when we get to our 50s, when we may be going into the full menopause, we have elderly parents and teenagers. There's, There's so many avenues that women are trying to go down just to just to thrive and uh yeah it's it's incredibly hard for us and this is i find well i've heard friends describe a sense of invisibility that they feel when they get into their 40s which is really sad and I, I spoke to Davina McCall quite recently, and she's a very outspoken advocate of taking HRT, and she's on the cover of Women's Health at the moment. And and she truly says that she feels the best she's ever felt, the most confident, and she credits a lot of that down to, to HRT. Is, is there a time limit that women can take it for? Absolutely not. So in the same way that when you, if someone is has a um, underactive thyroid gland, you give them thyroxine, you'd give it for life. If someone was diabetic and needed insulin, you would give it for life. So this is exactly the same. And some people think they're only taking HRT to help their symptoms. But actually, even those women without symptoms, you still have health benefits from taking HRT. So um, I've already said I take HRT. If I stop taking it tomorrow, I might have had all my symptoms. I might have worked myself through my symptoms um, and feel fine. But actually, as soon as I stop it, then I'll have this increased bone turnover. I'll have this increased inflammation in my body, more likely to have heart disease, um, diabetes, dementia. And I've already said I'm very scared of osteoporosis. It affects one in two postmenopausal women. One in three women will have hip fractures. It causes a lot of mortality, but morbidity as well. You know, I want to be a fit, healthy 70-year-old if I reach that long. I don't want to have trouble using a Zimmer frame getting out of the bath, for example. So, I'm taking it for the health benefits because there are health risks without it. And that's the same. So the guidance is very clear. Women can take it as long as the benefits outweigh the risks. We just need to be reviewed every year. But most women, those benefits continue. And even a very low dose of estrogen can still improve women's bone strength, which is really important to know. Well, Louise, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to finish by asking you one question. This podcast is called Going for Goal. So what is your goal at the moment? My goal is for all women to, globally, all women to receive good quality information about the menopause so they can make their own choice based on that. Brilliant. Well, Dr. Louise Newsom, thank you so much for joining us today. And you've been listening to Going for Goal. Thank you. Thanks, Claire. I very much hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. As ever, we welcome all your comments, reviews and questions. So get in touch with us. Our Instagram handle and email are both in the show notes. And if you have a health goal that you'd like us to tackle in an upcoming episode, you can drop us an email or a DM about that too. We'll be back next week with more inspiration and know-how for working towards your health, fitness and wellness goals. Until then, take care of yourselves. Bye. Imagine 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.